I remember dad always interacting with everybody at his place of employment. You know, he was a top for many, many years, over 40 years with LA Unified School District. And dad had a skill of being able to respectfully just talk with anybody, whether it was from the principal all the way down to Mr. Coleman, the custodian, and how he always made everyone feel important. So that was one of the main things that I got. It didn't matter, you know, your social economic status, everybody had value. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies Babatunde, and welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. And I'm excited about these next two episodes because they're with some very special guests, some of my favorite people on this earth, my dad and uncles, the Menzies brothers. And we're going to do a special Father's Day podcast where we're going to dig into the lives of the Menzies brothers and talk about fatherhood and career. So there are four brothers, Uncle Patrick, my dad, Sidney, but most people call him Sid, Uncle Marvin, and Uncle Eric. And they were all born and raised in LA, in the Mid-City area specifically, and it's actually in the same home that I grew up in. And I remember going through old photos and it would always include afros and tight clothes. (laughs) And their parents immigrated, so my grandparents immigrated from Guyana. I'd like to say that they had an upbringing with both Caribbean and Black American influence. You can definitely see both cultural sides come in to play when it comes to their upbringing. And although everyone took a different path in life, they have a very strong familial bond that was passed down to their children. So we're all super, super close. I just love my family, hence we're doing this podcast. (laughs) Promise it'll be interesting to you guys as well. But I'd love to just run through the individual bios as well so you can just get a little bit of background on each brother. So we'll start with the eldest, Uncle Pat. So Patrick Menzies, and he spent over 30 years at Verizon. He was a general manager specializing in customer service He is now a consultant where he focuses on customer service in the call center, human resources, and labor relations environment. Y'all, I had no idea what he did until this podcast. (laughs) And he's like, I talk to my uncle all the time. I love him. Had no idea what his career was. Knew he was like in business. But very interesting career, actually. And he loves helping people be the best version of themselves and helping them find their purpose. So his focus throughout his career was on helping minorities and women get their degrees and job advancement using corporate sponsorship. So very cool, important work. I'd say personally, I think he's the wise one and the leader, which makes sense because he is the oldest. And so next we have the Sydney Menzies, aka my dad, the best. And my dad, he spent over 30 years in the nonprofit world focusing on youth enrichment programs. He works as a community service program coordinator for the city of Santa Monica. He's won a number of awards for his commitment to public service, including the Prudence D. Wright Humanitarian Award. And he just loves helping the youth, giving back to the community and telling corny jokes. 
I say for him, I mean, all of the uncles and my dad, they're all very dynamic. I don't want to put them in a bubble, but just giving a general description, I'd say he probably is the most spiritual slash religious of the bunch. And I think his commitment to God and family definitely rubbed off on the rest of the brothers. Next, we have Uncle Marvin, Uncle Marvin Menzies. So Marvin Menzies has over 35 years of basketball coaching experience. He is currently the head basketball coach of the Kansas City Roos men's basketball team. He's held several coaching positions, including head basketball coach at New Mexico State and the University of Las Vegas. He has a long list of accolades that involve WAC championships and NCAA tournaments and all the basketball accolades you can think of. He is committed to giving back to the community. He partners with a number of philanthropic organizations and nonprofits to support underserved populations. And Uncle Marvin is the fun one, I would say, growing up. We got to go to his house before he had a wife and kids and eat ice cream for breakfast. And we just thought that was really cool because it was. And I'd say for him, he has the biggest personality and the confidence and the charm that he likes to say that he has, but he does have charm. I mean, he calls himself marvelous and he tells everyone else to do the same. So definitely a character. And speaking of characters, we have Uncle Eric. So Uncle Eric, Eric Menzies, he has 25 years of experience in community service and law enforcement. He's worked as a park ranger in Santa Monica and a police officer at the Federal Reserve in Atlanta. He is currently a police officer at the Georgia Highlands College. He also enjoys dabbling in real estate, working out, reading, and spending time with his granddaughter. Although he's the youngest of the bunch, he's actually the first to become a grandpa. He's great at it and she is the cutest. She is our bright light and joy, I have to say. I'd say for Uncle Eric, he tries to be the funniest of the bunch. All of the dads love a dad joke, but he includes a dad joke in every other sentence. So yes, that is him. (laughs) So I hope that gives you guys a little bit of a flavor for all of the uncles I would say that this conversation was really beautiful. It was really heartfelt. I felt like there were a lot of lessons that they actually shared and lessons learned that they shared that I really appreciated. And I know that we usually do the millennial perspective, but I think it's good to mix it up sometimes. And I've also learned that with experience comes a certain level of knowledge and wisdom that just a book really can't teach you. And they have it. They're older. They're boomers. One isn't Gen X because, you know, I'm not just saying that he was an accident child, Uncle Eric, but like we just didn't know he was coming. Grandma didn't know. Grandpa didn't know. So I have to say that this mix of black dad, boomer, Gen X dad perspective is something that we can all learn a lot from. So let's get to it. All right. I am so excited about this episode with my family. We're doing this special edition, as I just mentioned. And so thank you, uncles. Thank you, dad. Good to be here. Good to be here. here. Thank you for having us. Awesome. All right. So we're just going to start from the beginning. Can you just tell us about how you guys grew up, the Menzies brothers, what kind of values did grandma and grandpa instill in you? Sure. You know what? I'll, I'll take this one. After this is Marvin. You know, it's it's interesting that 
when you talk about values and the way you're raised, they go, what are your values and how you operate? Basically, you look to your parents, you look, my mom used to always uses the word, you know, you want to be around people that come from good stock, you know, and, and I think our our parents did an excellent job in raising us. I think responsibility is a word that jumps out at me as, as far as watching both of them raise us. That was probably a little bit more on our mom's side because of how she navigated the family with dad's extra hours and multiple jobs. Uh, that mom did a really good job as far as making sure that we were cared for when, when it came to you know eating and the basic stuff, but then also was just really good at kind of managing our lives. And then I think that the word generosity popped out to me when you said values. I thought that dad, I think on the on the dad side, the generosity was, well, both of them were very generous, but it was, it was the way he operated in the community when we were kids. I mean, he's cooking for the whole block, almost literally. He would make curry crab and and all kinds of great West Indian foods on, on Friday nights, usually after payday, you know, back in the day. So <laughs> it was, everybody was like, here's your dad cooking and you could smell it down the street, literally. So you get neighbors coming by and just the way that, you know, he, we learned how to be, you know, just giving, you know, I think that was something that we got from our dad as well. I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, you know what? As I think about social responsibility as another value, I think all you guys would agree that my mom especially on that one was when you hit 18, you were voting. Like she was, she would break out the newspaper to LA times. And she said, okay, make sure you guys read this. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but make sure you read these things and we'd have to bring back our little tickets showing we voted. And uh, those are just kind of some of the things that jump out on, on me. I don't know, Pat, or if one of you other guys want to say anything. Yeah, this is Pat. I'll jump in real quick. I think one of the big things uh, when, when you talk about value was definitely hard work, being protective of your family, uh, being a provider. So a lot of the traditional things that you would think of as of a father, dad uh, checked off all of the boxes. Uh, representing uh, our culture, uh, being uh, them being first uh, generation Americans, uh, they instilled in us, you know, to represent well. And I always remember stepping out the house, they would tell us, everybody's watching you. Hey, Ash, this is Eric. Also, one of the things is that I think about when it values you know, that, that we got from our parents and specifically from dad and, and mom as well. But what, one example was, I remember dad always interacting with everybody at his place of employment. You know, he was a top for many, many years, over 40 years with LA Unified School District. And dad had a skill of being able to respectfully just talk with anybody, whether it was from the principal all the way down to Mr. Coleman, the custodian, and how he always made everyone feel important. So that was one of the main things that I got. It didn't matter, you know, your social economic status, everybody had value. I don't know if mom you know, our parents, you know, thought about that type of stuff and the impact that it would have on us. But I'm thankful that we had those experiences because I think all of us in our own way are able to benefit from that. 
and have benefited from it. I totally agree. And I certainly see it in just the way that you guys show up in this world. And it's so funny because I'll always get a text from you, Uncle Eric, Uncle Marvin, all of you guys, dad. Oh, I met so-and-so here. Ashley, here's their number. You guys should connect. (laughs) And it's like, I already have so many friends. So. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I really just love the fact that you are so open to getting to know people. And I can certainly see that that's a quality that you've gotten from grandpa and grandma. And speaking of that as qualities related to grandpa, I actually would love to know about what you learned from grandpa when it comes to fatherhood. If you don't, I'll speak on that just real quickly. And Patrick touched on it earlier. Just the whole idea of work ethic. Dad, as you know, you know, worked multiple jobs. Dad worked as a school teacher. Dad worked for recreation and parks. He was a workhorse. I mean, he was just, <laughs> he'd be out there doing everything he needed to do to, to better our family and better the community. He had multiple, he wore a lot of hats, you know. I, yeah. I think, Eric, just to, not to cut you off, but to chime in one more thing that I thought about while you were speaking, which was, the brotherly love aspect, you know, and just how we were, <laughs> we were chastised if we didn't love each other the right way and yep. make sure like Pat and Sid were going to the park. It's like, well, you better take Marvin and Eric with you. Like it, there was no, you know, individualism in the house. It was all we're brothers and that's what it is. And, uh, you know, there's so many stories that go with that. I, I will tell you one quick one. I remember I was injured at the park down the street and by a neighbor but the Pat and Sid were were still out there playing football and so I came home but the neighbor brought me home and dad dad was like well are you okay I said nah it's hurting so I actually had messed up my arm pretty bad but then dad on the way to taking me to the doctor to check it out was so mad at Patrick and Eric that he stopped at the park to pick them up to get him a whooping on the the way to the on the way to the hospital so it was like look we're gonna take care of family first you're not gonna play any football and not look after your little brother so just little stories like that Sid I think you had something yeah no I wanted to I agree with everything that was just said but one thing as far as learn from dad was how to be an encourager because you know mom and dad they had their different personalities and mom you know she wanted to encourage you but sometimes you wouldn't know when she's encouraging you dad you knew you know maybe because of just his upbringing and whatever experience he's had but working with kids but dad was always encouraging encouraging i'll give you a couple examples one was when i would you know do the papers uh, school papers dad would check our our work because he was a teacher, so he would check our own work, but he would make notes. So he'd write a little note on your paper. You know, this needs to be corrected. In but red. he would always, <laughs> but he would, yeah, but could be in red, but he would leave an encouraging word, you know, great work. Work on this next time you'll get better. He always would do that. I remember that. And I mean, I I think I still have some papers because I'm a pack rat a little bit and I still have some stuff. I probably have some some writings from that. But the other thing example that I can really remember that sticks in my mind the most was after the running track in high school we are at the city meet we set all these records fastest time in the United States all of these accolades and I came home I had these trophies on a hand dad brought me home and we walk up to the door and dad puts his hand on my back looks me straight in the eye and he said son you ran like a champion today and that 
You know, I remember it was like it was yesterday. You know, that was something, you know, there was other times he encouraged, but that's just something stuck in my mind. And when I was working as a director for the Boys and Girls Club, one of the things I would do on staff training, I would share that story with the staff and I would use this analogy. I said, you know, those words stuck with me. They encouraged me. I said, the words that you speak to people, they have an impact. Sometimes we say things that we don't want to say, but if you say more things that are encouraging, it's going to have an effect on their lives. And we got that from our father. And to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons we are in the positions we are today. Go ahead, yeah. Pat. Well, just uh, one thing real quick. First of all, Eric, you owe me $20 because I told you Sid would say something about his track exploits. Um, <laughs> the other thing, though, dad, he was one of the values and one of the things I learned from him was accountability. You, you hear about all the great things that he did, but he held us accountable. He had such a great balance. He was a hugger. He'd kiss you on the cheek as a man-to-man thing. These are some things that I remember I passed on to, to my kids. He showed uh, love. He expressed it. Uh, but on the uh, accountability side, one of the things I remember most was grades at school. He didn't have an issue with your grades not being well. He'd give you the coaching and the appropriate skill sets you needed to succeed in there. But do not be a, a butthole in the classroom. If you were in the classroom and, you know, back in our day, they had things like citizenship and workmanship. If you were not behaving yourself in the classroom, he knew how important and how disruptive it was to uh, take away from the learning experience of others. So I just want to share that part. And I think, Marvin, you want to jump in. No, I no, I was just going to say, I remember when dad patted Sid on the back as well and told him he ran like a champ and I was right behind him. And, and I was thinking to myself. Well, that was the fastest he ever ran. He hasn't really run fast in life. So that was maybe that's why dad said that. I, I don't know. I didn't quite get it. But uh, <laughs> but on a serious note, you know, I, I will tell you this on maybe a little bit of a different topic when you talk about how we were propelled in, into our careers and our life choices. And I remember when I, I was UCLA and, and we graduated, I thought I was going to go into money and banking. I was an economics major. And I, how am I going to make money when I get into the real world? And I remember sitting with dad one day coming home and he was, you know, he gave me the speech about doing what you like and doing what you enjoy. You'll never work a day in your life. You know, that the, all of the cliches. But I remember him asking me, well, what do you enjoy the most? And I said, well, really, the coaching. I was volunteer coaching at Hamilton High School. And he said, well, don't follow the money. The money will follow you. And I'll never forget that. And I said, well, shoot, I'm just going to do what I'd love to do. And then I actually pivoted from what my degree was in into what I'm doing now, which is which is coaching basketball. So it's just it's funny how just like you said, Pat, that about the words or maybe I would say it's 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 something about the, the it's important that the words that you say and how you speak them. So just so one sentence turned my whole career. Ashley, let me jump in real quick, because Mark just touched on something that was really different for uh, folks who were first generation U.S. citizens, when they came to the United States, especially from the islands, a lot of the parents of friends that we had, education was top on the list. But the difference between our family and theirs was their parents basically told them you were going to be a doctor, you were going to be a lawyer, and they you know, drove them to that career path. Our parents, dad in particular, said you are going to get an education, you're going to graduate college, but I want it to be in something that you have passion for. He knew how important it was over your lifelong experiences 
how that would add value to your life by doing something that you have a passion for. So I just want to jump in and share that. No, and I actually love that insight because it certainly trickled down to the children and all of us very much felt very supported by all of you, but it wasn't, there was no pressure for me as an example to go to law school. Was grandma, yes, like immigrant grandma from Guyana, very happy when I went to Harvard Law School? Absolutely. But there wasn't a pressure. There was always support. And I love how that came from our grandparents, which is certainly novel and unique. And it really allows you to live a more fulfilling life when you are chasing your own dreams. So Ashley, you touched on it exactly, because there was a difference between uh, grandma and grandpa. Grandma was what I would call upper class. Dad came from modern sticks. And she definitely would have loved, you know, when Crystal got her doctorate, she was proud of it, but she definitely was looking for a doctor lawyer in the family. But dad was, you know, we're talking about fatherhood here. He had a different insight into that. So you take a little bit from each of your parents and uh, that's how we ended up where we are today. That's wonderful. And I did want to move to just how your upbringing influenced your career. I know that Uncle Marvin touched on it a bit, which I thought was great. So I wanted to know if any of the other uncles or dad had something to share. Okay, dad, yeah. Yeah, well, definitely dad influenced my career. I think Eric had mentioned a little bit about, you know, dad going up to school and us, dad would take us, but dad would take us to school. We'd jump in the, either the Volkswagen or one of the other cars, the Rambler, and he would take us up to school. We would be there on the weekends, just running around the school, hanging out. But we would also, I had the opportunity to see him like at work in the classroom. Later on, I was a teacher assistant in Hollenbeck, so I got to help dad in class, and I got to see him. So I, I saw how he interacted with the students. He had the respect. He wasn't the principal of the school, but you would have thought he was the principal. He walked around, Mr. Benzies, hit dad's booming voice. So when the kids were acting up, you hear dad, his voice would just go up. He would scare the kid, you know. I remember one time, Ashley, you remember when I, I think I said something to Ashley, and I kind of raised my voice, and Ashley just started Bust out crying, you know, <laughs> but Sounds that, was accurate. My form, that was my that was a form of discipline. But 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 I saw that and I just gravitated to it. And I said, you know, that's what I want to do. So, you know, so I wanted to be a teacher. But long story short, I ended up going into the path of working with kids in the Boys and Girls Club. And I did that for, you know, for 33 years. But I would not have chose that profession if it was not for what I saw in dad. A part about uh, influencing my career, you know, I ended up in business and dad was a chameleon. Everybody's touched on it. He could fit whatever environment he was in. And I think that's one of the things that helped influence me in my career in developing others. I would say that 70 to 80 percent of the people that I promoted, if of those that did not have degrees, I've made sure that they were on a path towards a degree paid for by the company that I was with, knowing that. Some of them may not have a future opportunity, so may not have a future opportunity with our company, but it would help them externally. So I just wanted to share that. No, that's great. That's so wonderful that Grandpa had such a strong impact on all of you and your careers. I would love to know if just maybe one of you could share or two of you guys, just if you had a career pivot or a career failure and how that impacted you. Well, let's see. I think something that I could refer to as most recently was when I was let go at UNLV as the head men's basketball coach there. 
wasn't a career pivot, but it was actually, I've never been let go from any job my entire life. I've been very fortunate in that regard. And I always hear how people say, you know, you're not, you're not this, or you haven't really made any progress until you're fired. I, I don't know if I agree with that because <laughs> getting fired at UNLV was, was not very fun, but I will say what it did for me was it made me kind of go back to my roots and what our parents taught us and how our, our parents dealt with adversity. And, you know, with trying times, whether it was financially or whatever it was, they were always very positive through adversity. They always were very encouraging, like uh, Sid had referenced earlier. And the thing that I was able to do is go back to your roots. You know, you don't, people always say you gotta, you gotta push forward something. Sometimes you gotta fall back on your training, you know? And, and I fell back on what I was taught growing up, which was to, you know, trust in the Lord, keep my faith strong. And I actually ended up probably growing spiritually because of that physical interaction here on earth. So, I mean, God knows what he's doing, right? And we just got to trust that it's, it's the, whatever you're going through here is exactly where you're supposed to be. It's all good. And now I've got a brand new job at a brand new university with brand new team. And I had a great break. We traveled the world, but I don't think if it wasn't for the lessons that were instilled by our parents, especially dad, as it took to the career stuff, because he had a lot of different career changes throughout the way for, for different reasons. And the one, you know, I know we had to move from Hollenbeck to way out to East LA when he was at Hollenbeck for what, 20 plus years or something like that, Pat. And then whatever happened there, he had to move, but he just handled it. He just came back and he went to, went to the next school and did a great job there. So I think that pivot for me was much smoother because of me falling back on my training. I love that. I think that is such great advice. And I actually hadn't heard of it from that perspective. So thank you for sharing that. Falling back on my training. I'm gonna use it one day. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Do that. <laughs> okay, Dad, you have something to share. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because I had a small career pivot late in life, and it came at around the same time that Marv had his. But not getting into too many details. The bottom line is, is that I was basically pushed out because of my age. You know, and I had to, I didn't have a choice. I had to leave. I, I wouldn't have been able to support the family. And so that was a big change. I, Marvin, and really like, I think like almost all of us, we had never been out of work. I had never been out of, uh, out of work a day in my life. And now I found myself in limbo, you know, for eight months, not being able to work and going out there, taking interviews and wondering, you know, why is this happening? And said, I think you referenced this, but real quick, you were taking interviews and you were old. Like you were really old while you're doing those interviews. So you see, you know, that was probably even scarier. It was, you know, he's making a joke, but it's, a, it's 100%. I actually, you know, I actually, it was true. I'm going in there to interviews and, and all of these younger people that I'm looking, you know, they're, I'm going to interview with somebody that's Ashley's age, you know? And so that was humbling. And, you know, one thing out of it is that there's a saying, uh, God doesn't, always give you what you want, but he will always give you what you need. At that point, I didn't know. And, right. but now as I look back and, you know, I eventually got a job with the city of Santa Monica, I'm still there. It's a blessing. But what I didn't know is that those eight months that I was off, I got a chance to spend with Belinda <laughs> every day. We're seeing each other. And, you know, it's funny. We weren't getting on each other's nerves. <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> well, you're, and, and, you guys were a different couple, though, Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that first eight months in COVID with Tammy was a little challenging. Yeah. I got <laughs> we got better, but. 
It was yeah, a smooth ride. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I got a chance to spend that time, you know, and, you know, Belinda's not here with us anymore. And so I look back at the time and it was, it was so precious. But that change, that career pivot for me, I had to relearn things. And I what happened, to be honest with you, I also got comfortable. I had been working there for 33 years. People change jobs every two, three years, this new generation. And you get comfortable. And I got comfortable and probably didn't reinvent myself as much as I should have. And so, you know, that has something to do with it. The reality is that God knew what was going to be happening and he and he moved me out and he put me into a position now that as I'm ending my career, I'm happy. There's really no stress and I'm blessed. And so that's what happened. It was the same time that Marvin was going through his situation. I'm saying, man, you know, what's God, what's God saying to us? And he spoke, he was speaking to me and and he was speaking to Marvin uh, too in, in different ways. And maybe Marvin could share his thing. Well, I was just going to share what you said, just to piggyback on uh, speaking of fatherhood and, and how you handle things and some, all the life lessons that dad taught us as, as a young age, when you mentioned Belinda's passing and, you know, when that happened, it was amazing to see how the brothers just because we don't talk all the time. We don't you know, we all have our lives and we're busy, but we're such a tight knit family, especially when it's time to go to war and it's time to lock arms and when we need each other. Like Patrick took the reins, you know, and it was like, all right, guys, we got to rally. We got to be there for Sid and Ash. And we got OK, well, here's what we got to do with mom going forward. And he just was the champion you know, kind of kind of taking over dad's role since he wasn't here. And it was so evident to me. It was so evident to me that his work was being seen right in front of us in Patrick, the oldest brother. You know, so amazing, amazing how your subconscious, you know, drives the lessons that you learn from your parents. And that was a really, really cool uh, transition for all of us to try to move past such a difficult, difficult time. Yeah, and that, that's just how that's how God works. And that, like you said, it was just so evident. And so it just was just fluid. It just happened. The support was there. We all sort of, you know, lifted each other up as best we could, you know, under those circumstances and stuff. So, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, was good. it was good to see the lessons of the father trickle down to the sons. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely. And we all benefited from it. And I just... I'm just so grateful for our family and for the brothers and dad, you know, during that time, the hardest time in my life for you guys to be there and to band together was just incredible and such a life-changing experience for me. And it also just made me realize what everyone's talking about. Like sometimes these breaks that we take in life that are unanticipated and they're things that might be tied to something negative it actually ends up giving us the space and time to grow, to spend time with our family, to do certain things that are just really important. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share this episode with friends and family. And if you like what you hear, please go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to rate the show. It helps other listeners find No Straight Path. Let's spread the message, everyone, and make sure that millennials feel less alone. There's no straight path in your career and life, and that's okay. It's honestly what makes the journey exciting. So let's get inspired together. 
I hope you have a great week.